Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And I'm Emma. And we are track walking. Tonight, we have Emma, who, if you go to Grid Life, you may see her once at the beginning of the weekend and then think that she died and disappeared because she's doing other things. Um, but even outside Grid Life weekends, she kind of has a hand in a lot of things automotive and otherwise. And am I tried to do this this thing of like doing the worst introductions ever? Um, and I don't okay. remember the last or the first time I met you. Do you happen to remember? It's got to be in registration or somewhere. Um, actually, it's probably prior to that when I was with ASM. Okay. I'm yeah. thinking I probably okay. met a lot of you guys when I was coming in and crewing for ASM at that time. Sure. And then got to know like the vast majority of the grid life regulars when I started working for grid life. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that is, that's right. I've, I've totally forgot that you, you spun wrenches and stuff and help them get all their cars onto track. Yeah. So where did, when, when you think of like your cars and like why you're, you're one of the few people we've had on you drive, you, you do those things, but Without really knowing, I'm going to venture a guess that a lot of your time spent around motorsports is in a supporting role. Would I be correct in that? Yeah, that's correct. I drive um, like in my spare time when I'm not working with or at events. Right. Um, but the the vast majority of my time lies in different roles within events, whether it be like club rounds or grid life or there's a couple of new ventures that I'm in. There are a lot of things that I I really like driving, but I also really like doing the things to make the event like the cool event to be at, you know? Yeah. And in speaking to people similar to yourself who work a largely supportive role for the motorsport community, whether that's flaggers whether that's uh, safety crew, uh, timing people, uh, behind the scenes, uh, whatever it may be, what is it for you? Because the we, I, I tend to like to call the drivers like the lead singer of the band. They're the ones up front. They're they're the ones everybody thinks is cool. The one that you know <laughs> I want to do that when I grow up. But like ninety percent of motorsports is not the driver. So what is it about the supporting roles that you do that kind of keeps you coming back and that like actually seems to be a real enjoyment that you have? I think a lot of it is watching the event come together on like a full scale basis and like watching, yes, the drivers are the lead singers. I love watching everybody have a good time. Like, watching somebody run their best lap and like I am in the tower most of the time. So I see them exit the track and like go back to their paddock. 
And then they're like jumping out and like hugging everyone. That is the best. I love seeing that so much. I'm like the cheerleader in the tower most of the time. Because <laughs> I, I know a lot of people in grid life for a couple of years now. Um, and I mean, one of those is my partner, Dana. And it's a little bit sad to watch him in the tower when I know that he's like run his best time of the weekend and he's pushing and I can't like run down and give him a hug but like I'm watching and cheering from up there and I just think that's so cool to help to facilitate a safe and fun and rewarding event like that on such a big scale or on the opposite some of like the charity track days that we run at Road America on like a small scale where people are coming together that Maybe this is the only time that they bring their really vintage Ford Mustang. That's the uh, Mustang event that we run in the fall at Road America. This is the only time they bring it on track and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't driven this car since my dad and I fixed it two years ago. And it's just really cool. I like to hear all of the stories of like why people are there and being a part of being able to help people get there and have a really fun time and memorable time. It's like, almost better than driving for me. What are the different support roles that you have? I know I know a couple of your roles at Gridlife, but again, like you mentioned, you have many others. Yeah, I haven't been very outright about some new ones because they have been in the okay. process for the last several months. Um, one of them kind of like came randomly and that's one that i'll be in california for next this week this thursday i fly out um so the one that was kind of in the process for a couple of months um thanks to some really awesome people that had really nice connections within these organizations is i have taken a position with imsa for uh race control and so I will be flying down to Daytona in uh, December to start my year with IMSA. Hell yeah. And yeah. So that one, that one was like the, I kept it really low key. Only a couple people knew. Um, I did my little shadow with their race control team at Indianapolis. It was awesome. The technology that they have is, oh my God, it is so cool. I bet that's so cool. Like we... <laughs> We oh, keep cool. wanting like sector times and and I'm like, that's not even like a part of what they have. Well, that's not. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They have like 13 screens that have views of the track at every angle. And you can like, oh, my gosh, it's such a big nerd kind of thing. Like <laughs> being in timing and scoring and like helping John a little bit with some of the race control operations for grid life, like seeing that on like this giant scale with all of this technology backing it i was in my nerd element i'm like this is so cool i i just absolutely love it um so yeah so i'll be joining them in the race control operations uh for this year and um a, a really new one this only happened about a month ago um i will be joining nitrocross for their support series manager. Nice. So uh, the the next series and the side-by-side -side series are going to um, kind of fall under my management. I don't, I'm still learning uh, what is gonna entail that position requirement, but 
I'm going to learn very fast because I'm flying there on Thursday and going to the Glen Helen event to shadow with some of the um, series managers and, and operations. Damn. Huge congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's phenomenal. This, this really makes me want to start my next thing. It was like, how did you get here? Because you're obviously <laughs> arriving someplace awesome, right? Yeah. Like, bring us way back. I'm using the Wayback Machine again. Like, how do you get from a young woman getting into cars to ending up at IMSA? I want to know more. How did you right? become the nerd that you are? Yeah, yeah. well, I, well, I have a math degree, so I've always been a nerd. <laughs> but um, car-wise, it, it kind of started, I moved back from the Twin Cities to my hometown and bought this Audi and it was really cool. I had an S5. So I brought it to like all like the, you know, street racing meets and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, Audis do Audi things and they break. So <laughs> um, I met some of my closest friends um, that are here in town with me and they, luckily like walked me through a lot of that Audi heartbreak and I got into a couple of other different uh, more beginner friendly cars and um, started doing autocross that's how I met Dana um, and then that kind of progressed into getting onto a local club board and helping run some of the autocross events uh, that's where I started doing timing for autocross gotcha. Um yeah, that kind of moved into, I got a seat at Nationals with a really cool SMF car as a co-driver. Um, so I met a couple of like the SCCA people that way, mm -hmm. um, made some connections there. And then it then I started doing track days and then lost all of my interest for autocross. I hate to say it like that. I still like autocrossing, but... <laughs> Okay, it's, side note real quick. What was what was the SMF car? Um, it was uh, Craig Wilcox. His, uh, it's like the, a... I know the name, but... It's got a sequential. It's got like, I don't know, something like 600 horsepower. It's much more built than when I drove it um, three or four years ago. Four years ago, I want to say. Um, but such a wild car i had never yeah. driven a front wheel drive in autocross ever and like jumping into that i'm like wow this is wild i'm a fan of smf only because they're such crazy builds in front wheel drive cars like other than the fact that the rule set exists no one would ever do it right because it's right. completely ridiculous and the cars are super neat yeah it was it was a experience that like very much will stick with me for Ever because there's just such nationals is such a cool experience as is and like getting to go and co-drive with a car like that wild i've never driven a car like that since it was just such a cool cool thing to be able to drive um but yeah so uh did the autocross thing started doing the track days um then i boy where did it go from there i guess dana started getting in with grid life and um I started just kind of helping him out trackside when he needed things. And my dad owned a shop when I was little, so we didn't do 
a ton um, outside of the shop because, you know, mechanic and not wanting to do mechanics at home. <laughs> I, we get it. But um, yeah. yeah, but so he, I got a little bit into that. And then um, uh, obviously I live in the same town as ASM as the company. So I'm like, hey, if you ever need help in the shop, I'm happy to help. At that time I was working my full-time job, which was managing a spa. And um, I was just like, I want to, I want to do something else. I want to do something like creative and help out, not in the beauty industry as much. Um, So then I started helping out there occasionally that turned into like helping out there five days a week and helping Andy with some of like the operations side of things and really small mechanical things. And he was very patient at teaching me certain things about cars. And, and then that turned into like trackside support and working like the whole day on making sure cars get to the track and like get off the track safely and everybody gets where they need to. And, and kind of like that, um, like co-manager style role, um, nothing official ever, just like a here, I'm here if you need me, whatever you need, get it done. And th- and that's why I met uh, Adam and that's why I met Scott and Renee and ev- everybody else. And then um, I decided, we decided to kind of part ways with ASM. And uh, at that time, Adam was like, hey, if you ever decide that that's not your fit anymore, reach out to me. And I'm like, well, why not? Here we go. <laughs> we don't really have an opening. And I was kind of shooting for like the, the um, race control operation side at that point. He's like, we don't really have an opening there. We have an opening in timing and scoring. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Like I've done timing and scoring for autocross. Very familiar. Well, I, I love timing and scoring. Now I, I choose to stay in that because I love it. Um, so that moved into that and then through the years it kind of you know john and i have created this really cool team where we just kind of work off each other within the tower to make sure that everything is running amazing and i can't say enough about like what he does for grid life it's so cool he's just to a t all the time but there's a lot of y'all so it requires two of us sometimes (laughs) but yeah the the timing element is really cool and then um, you know, you meet some really cool people within grid life, especially on like the operation side. And, and those people have progressed me to the other two roles that I'm starting. So I, I have left the spa, um, as of a couple months ago. And, and that is now those three positions are a full-time, uh, racing gig for me now, which is super cool. That's, that's pretty dope. Like that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. It's a good story. Like, yeah, that's a good origin story. Thank you. I don't think I'm so, missing it. But <laughs> one, one more question. Like, I have a theory about you right now. Were you okay. one of those kids who was really involved in high school? No. Really? No. Wrong. I did. Wrong. Oh, totally wrong. wrong. Oh, so wrong. I was a super nerd in high school and like got along with everybody fine, but um, definitely ate my lunch in the library while I was studying. Like, you know. Wow, no, you struck me as one of the people who was like president of clubs and oh, was God, just like no. a go-getter and could take charge. I'm super impressed. Well, like that... go-getter in like class, you know. But yeah, but that's different. Mm-hmm. Like, like saying, like looking at at a position, like a, a leadership position. I mean, you're you're 
reasonably high up in doing things. You're important. And a lot of people get used to being important when they're young and they just sort of like walk into a room and they're like, I can do this. I'm good. And, um, and that seems to be formed young in a lot of people. And so I was, I was going on a theory that you were one of those people who sort of knew they could do things at a young age and carried that to here. But, um, yeah, you're doing awesome. Let me give you, let me give you a contrast where that applies, but it didn't happen in school. School is like, you know, high school and middle school was mean to nerdy kids, right? Um, so yeah. my parents put me in competitive fighting at a really young age. I was going to bring this so, up if you didn't. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Everybody loves to bring it up because <laughs> nobody can see my broken nose like under my glasses. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if, so, if you guys think Emma's good at math, she'll also kick your ass if you really push the push the subject so that happened my parents put me in karate at four and then i put that uh i i did you know tournament style taekwondo and karate until i was 13 or 14 and then that progressed into um uh, jujitsu and kickboxing and then the combination mma and so that I did until I was about 20. Um, so in your sense of like walking into a room and just thinking you can do it, um, you really have to when you're walking into a ring and there's somebody that you're like, whoa, <laughs> okay, I yep. can do it, I there guess. There we go. All right. Uh-huh. That context makes a lot of sense then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So not not school. The school is not, you know, school is not the thing, but definitely that. that there's a... There's an inherent confidence uh, within that, but like the respect element that I got out of that was more so than the confidence. Tell tell us more about that. Well, when when you're trying to knock somebody out as best you can, there's like a big heavy respect that you have to have for that other person because essentially you're holding you know, it only takes one really bad uh, jab to the jaw to, like, break somebody's jaw. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so the respect element that is taught within uh, martial arts and MMA, I think that's lost a little bit in, like, the televised version of that. Because everybody's gets wild with the UFC fights and things like that. But... There is a huge, huge respect thing. That's like the number one of any kind of martial arts training. Um, so that's maybe why I'm a little bit more quiet. I think um, when people meet me and I'm not like in the in the registration side where I've, I've had a couple energy drinks and I'm ready to go. Right. <laughs> I'm usually a little bit more quiet and reserved and serious because that's just my inherent demeanor from a lot of that past um sport so i'm curious now i know you've mentioned confidence that has partially come from the martial arts that you've done and i assume you're talking about confidence in your own abilities and um what you know what you've learned yeah. Yep. Okay. 
and you mentioned respect for your fellow competitors or the person you're fighting or the people you're training with. And mm-hmm. so that kind of respect, you know, I think is easily transferable into the paddock or with the people you're working, um, people you're on track with, things like that. Has there been anything else that has come of your extracurricular activity there that um, that you think has helped you in your professional world or at the track, personal life, anything like that? Well, I started working in the beauty industry um, at, I think, age 14. So my parent, my, my mom owns, my dad owned the shop. My mom owns, um, a quite large day spa. Um, it's, it's very big, like, um, 60,000 clientele per year. It is crazy. That's big. So I started working there very young, right? (laughs) Um, and here's where I think a lot of my, my people skills, uh, at least on like the surface level uh, come in well is because when somebody is yelling at you that they haven't got their Botox um, and their person is late, that's maybe a little bit silly how crazy some people get and the, the skill set behind going, "Mm, okay, well, what can I do for this person at this moment? Because like you might think it's silly but to that person, like that is the main priority. They may have had a bad day. Like they may have had something come up and like, this is their one thing that they were looking forward to. So like take, and I just stopped that job. I've been managing at that spa for, um, six years working there for 12. So take all of those situations, um, on a 50 hour a week basis. Mm-hmm. And like that, fueled a lot of the customer service kind of like keep your cool in any kind of situation possible um attitude i yeah. suppose that i bring yeah man racers sound like the least intimidating i was about to say like <laughs> somebody's like hey my transponder didn't pick up what are you going to do about it you're like first of all i can break your neck if i really wanted to second of all sir we're doing fine here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's when when somebody's having one of those visceral emotional outbreaks that Seth and I were actually talking about before we started recording about the emotionality of people. You can't like you can't tell them to calm down. You can't like Mm-mm. explain to them very logically how this isn't really a big problem in the scope of the universe. Like because to right. this person at this time it is the issue and you are the only person that they can, I, I'll say, talk to <laughs> about it because it's like, like you said, like it might be something really dumb and it might just be the one thing that they get to do for themselves a week. Mm-hmm. That's and, exactly it. Like it. And so my other degree, by the way, is in psychology so who are you you're like this weird like super (laughs) so so you you wrench you know quite a bit about customer service and the human condition 
you kick ass, drive cars, and you're a math nerd. Yeah. 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 It's a, I wonder it's everybody a, hires you. This makes total sense. <laughs> it's a weird combination, but somehow it's all working out like they're hand in hand at this point. It, yeah. They've all kind of melded together. So it's pretty good. But yeah, like touching on that, there, I mean, I am not exaggerating when people, when I say people come up like hot, they, they are, they are not only temperature wise hot, they are sweaty. They're coming at me with a red face and sweat because they've just got off track and something happened, but they're also like, "Mm, the amateurs are high and that's fine. That's not, once you come from a world of like MMA, that's nothing. (laughs) Also, You've once you come before. from like the spa industry of people getting upset, that is nothing. Racing is nothing. <laughs> Nobody, unless you've worked in the beauty industry and like shout out anybody listening that's worked in the beauty industry. Thank God. It's wild. That's nutty. But, like, I, I guess I, I, I guess it makes sense, but I never would have put those two things together. Right. So you see like those sides of things. But the, the bigger thing is, and a lot of the times, and this is like coming from all of those years at the spa of like sitting, sitting down and talking with people about like, oh my God, this didn't go, you know, how I expected they're crying, they're complaining about, but okay, there's something that's like way more underlying than that. I think it's really important that it's very easy to just be like, no, I did not, I didn't do that. And like, you're wrong and blah, blah, blah. But it's more advantageous and i think that a lot more people should take the time to do this i'd be like well let's sit down and talk about like why like if it's an easy fix and you know somebody's transponder isn't working and i've sent a text out to like the whole masses several times of like car number whatever like come see us in timing your transponder isn't working well that's on you we've given you you know chances but if it's you know something that happened on track and maybe they had a history with the person it happened on track with it's becoming less and less in the age of like quick media and quick communication to like sit down and actually talk to somebody about like hey what's actually going on and like it could be not racing related at all they could have had something tragic just happen they could have had something huge in their life just happen and this is just like you know the tip of the iceberg that it's unfolding portions of that it's the same in the spa industry it's the same everywhere so i think in that case like a lot of it just comes down to handling situations with like the empathetic factor that sometimes lacks in modern day world but it should really be there quite a bit because it goes a long way and a lot of people that come up to the tower, John is really good at this as well. Can they'll leave going, okay, well, you know, we're good. Like it's chill. Everybody's calm. They have their issue fixed. It's either up to us now or like we've settled it. Everything is good. And maybe they've got something off their chest that they haven't been able to tell anybody because at that time, like their emotions are high and it just comes out. And then if we talk about it, we talk about it. If we don't, we don't. I think it is nice to have just like a, an ear to talk to, but not maybe to give feedback on that doesn't happen as often. The way I tend to think about those incidents 
incidents or like when somebody is really frustrated or really angry and you know they they come at you or can't come at you in those times that that's a symptom that's not the disease that's right. just how this has decided to manifest itself right now like this it's not the problem it's just how things are showing up so like you said to be able to get down that couple layers sometimes to be able to find out like what's really happening here mm-hmm. because until until you're able to identify that like your hands are tied nothing's really getting solved right but i think what's interesting is and i've seen john in particular handle situations with a calm i could only dream of is being able to recognize what you have what you emma have the ability to do and the control to take care of so in all of your experiences and uh degrees and um things like that how are you able to separate the person getting angry towards you with it being your problem do you know what I mean? Like the um, things you, the things that people bring to you are not, it's not really an Emma problem. Like they're not mad oh, not, at you. Right. They're oh. not mad at you, but they are mad towards you. So how are you able to separate those two things? I don't, I think I've always, I don't want to say I've always been able to separate them, but through the years of customer sp- customer service you kind of just dissociate yourself from the situation sure (laughs) really truly and like look at it in the most logical way but sometimes like so look at it in the logical way in your brain and then the empathetic way out your mouth like there there has to be the connection between the two of like okay they're saying this well that i know that's not at me because you know, I haven't lost your transponder. We're just, we'll just use right. this. I didn't, I didn't chuck your transponder off your car in the middle of the track. Right. <laughs> but you've spent X amount of money and traveled X amount of miles. It could be thousands of miles. And now you've lost your lap. Okay. Like, let's look at how we can fix that because it's not, I know you're not mad at me, but you're mad at the situation. And, I get it. Totally fine. I think just having that background in like the beauty industry and having to deal with that all the time because beauty is expensive and that whole Botox situation, very expensive. Once you start adding up those costs, it's wild. Yeah. Same racing. Like it's all, you know, we have a race car in the garage. It's expensive. Like, yep buy bartend on the side because it's expensive so sure okay <laughs> you know Here, here's like a brief aside so we most of our listeners know race car costs like we mm-hmm. we know tires we know brakes we even maybe unfortunately know engines and shells and things like that oh why mm-hmm. um give us a few tastes of like healthcare or uh, health beauty beauty costs like what what 
what's comparable? Like what costs an engine versus what's like a set of brake pads? Okay. So set of brake pads, we're going to go with um, one of the medical grade facials, right? Uh, $3.95 once a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. On like a 12 year or not a 12. Well, it could be 12 year if you really want to go <laughs> 12 be. years. Yep. Um, but yeah, once a month, every month to upkeep that. Okay. So that's one. Yep. Uh, engine. Somebody wants to do like Botox, forehead, crow's feet, amount around the smile line mm-hmm. and a lip filler. You could easily, and I say easily because everybody charges differently, um, easily spend like three to six thousand dollars. Easy. The the silence is me taking a deep breath in. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm 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 listening. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. the it is it is insane when when you look at it, but at the same time, like some people, that's all that makes them happy. I'm not gonna lie. I've been very upfront with a lot of people when they've asked me about like beauty things and like, what do you get done? I totally get Botox in my forehead. I'm twenty-six. I'm preventing wrinkles. It just happens. Sure. Sure. But I'm not spending $6,000 because that's wild. But I do know some people that do. So that's my that's my range. There we go. Thank you. That's, You're welcome. That genuinely does put it in perspective for me. <laughs> because I, I just don't know. Didn't know those things. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to know somebody who does, who does both, who's a race car driver and oh. does the, the beauty treatments. I want, like... I want Scott to have to pick between those two because he wants them both equally bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm even. Yeah, probably. His worry lines are fantastic right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this these are all Robertson marks all all down my face. It's uh, right. many generations. Sometimes this is quite funny. Sometimes Scott Giles will look at me and be like, "Why are you so crabby?" And I'm like, "I'm not," <laughs> but I haven't had Botox in like five or six months and that's how i know when people start telling me oh you look so upset what? i'm not upset but my eyebrows just go down a little bit so then i look like i have rbf <laughs> <laughs> i text my friend and i'm like hey when can you get me in <laughs> <laughs> you can curse on this show by the way that's fine oh okay okay i wasn't sure no um interesting okay so i even t- I like, I don't even want to call like your professional trajectory as like a meteoric rise, but like it's been fascinating to hear like as a, as a teen getting into one industry, then starting to volunteer in this others. And then which kind of led you in another direction when that door closed. And then all of a sudden, like you're working for IMSA. That's mm-hmm. pretty dope. Like, what do you actually want to, like, do you have a goal at this point? Because, it, like, it's pretty cool what you're about to embark on. Mm-hmm. Do you, like, do you want to be an F1 strategist? Like, what's, like, what's, what's on the dinner plate here? I mean, so here's my, here's what I do. I just don't say no to opportunities. 
sometimes when people this this actually happened with nitrocross is um somebody that i had met at laguna emailed me after laguna and said hey can i share your contact contact with this organization that's looking for some part-time work i know we talked about you wanting to like build a full year of motorsports and i'm like yeah absolutely and so that turned into like nitrocross as a kind of a little bit over part-time opportunity for me so i don't know i don't know what that looks like i really would like to continue into full-time motorsports and at some point i will have my phd in something that's a goal okay i don't know going to be yet so i haven't started the goal because um if you ask dana he'll tell you i'm indecisive i just have too many things i want to do <laughs> so um at some point that is going to happen i will have my phd either it's either going to be in some kind of like uh analytical psychology realm or it's going to be in statistics it'll be one or the other um Interesting. but in the meantime, working for F1 would be amazing. But I also, because I don't know really how IMSA or Nitrocross will go yet, those might just be awesome to stick in and like grow in within the companies. I'm super excited for IMSA and I'm super excited for Nitrocross. Nitrocross is so new and I've been, ra the rally world is very new to me. So as I've been learning a lot more about it, it's becoming more intriguing and i am a sucker for learning like i love to learn new things and um, experience new things and like keep adding things into my brain and i think that's like the quest for knowledge is so enjoyable to me that wherever i am i'm kind of going to be quite happy if i can excel throughout different things what is it about learning things that's enjoyable to you? We've we've talked with quite a few people who, like yourself, are learning junkies, and they just like they can't stop. What for you? What is it about um, new knowledge or new experiences or those kind of things that uh, kind of keeps you coming back? I think a lot of it is kind of in the basis of like problem solving of like here you have this thing that you have nothing about like let me gather all of the information that i possibly can to know about this thing and like now i have this really smooth path of here you do this and you do this and you do this and you do this and it's a really analytical way of looking at like it's not like the it's not so much an, of an abstract of like i want to know you know, this thing about string theory and this thing, like, I want to understand, I just want to know a lot of things because you never know how they're going to play off of each other. This is the best example of where I'm at right now is like, who would have thought like all of the things that I have um, accumulated over the years, like play off of each other. Did I know that I was going to be doing like a little bit of spreadsheet work and and like really partial coding as we were trying to figure out the tour cup stuff. No, but did I do that in college? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just really cool to see like how, you know, the more things that you introduce yourself to the more elastic that your brain maintains and the more that you can just like 
jump into different things and like learn all of these things. And I don't know, it's just really fun to know and experience new things all the time. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Now, when kind of you- a long, I have long answers. My <laughs> oh, we love long answers. That's long, our jam oh, here. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't give us the short answer ever, please. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's the pro- see. This is the problem why I don't hang out in the paddock for very long. Is like if you get me on a tangent, I will tangent off of tangents. It is. I'll stand there for hours. If we get on something, oh my god, don't don't talk to Abe about it because he hates it. But if you get me on cryptids, I love conspiracy conspiracy theories and cryptids that are like silly like birds theory i love it i indulge it It, like satisfies the it satisfies the non-analytical side of my brain of like in theory land of the imaginary i think it's hilarious and super fun right yeah the yeah the whole birds aren't real if you're not familiar with birds aren't real the the basic thought is that birds uh some some paths will take you down that all birds are government controlled um Mm -hmm. spy devices to keep track of because have you ever seen a baby pigeon in a city is one of the things no right right one christmas i convinced my stepsister like to the point where my stepdad was like hey you have to stop it (laughs) because i convinced her truly that birds really weren't real. And she was starting to have a serious panic at a, like a family function. That's <laughs> like, best. Hey, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, I'll stop. So that's but almost it's like just, this. It's so fun. That's almost like your version of Sudoku is like conspiracy right. theories and weird, strange topics. It is. I love it. Yep. Well, I was going to ask you what your, uh, what are you reading or looking at now that you're just like starting to learn about? Like, what are you still an amateur at? Well, a lot. (laughs) I'm an amateur at rallycross. We can, we can start with that. I hope to become, you know, more educated. I I will become more educated in that quite soon. It's going to be like thrown into that world. And I'm very excited for that. Um, what else oh i'm i am currently reading on s corporations because i'm on as a contractor and um my my stepdad who's kind of a finance geek was like hey maybe you should instead of like running this through you solely as a sole proprietorship you should you know create an s corp and like learn that whole tax structure and i'm like okay challenge accepted so (laughs) so i have i have one of those now and it is it's um very interesting to like be reading and i am an in-depth reader about like tax laws and how to do this and how to do this and like flow through entities and and it's so that's been really interesting to to learn about every every morning in the gym i watch a video on s corporations and like some little facet of that so that's that's one (laughs) Yeah, you and you and Becky can uh, talk tax code then. Um, so. Oh yeah, I'm I'm glad I have people like y'all in my life because I hate it <laughs> so much. <laughs> I think it's kind of fun. It's like a puzzle, right? Sure. Tax code is truly like a puzzle. 
it's like a puzzle with consequences though yeah it's yeah it, it's it's that meme you always see right around april 15th that's like hey taxes are due it's like cool um what forms do i need it's like well you right. really have to look that up it's like okay well do you know can you help me find out how much i owe they're like no uh, it's like well no, okay. do you know how much i owe yes <laughs> will you tell me no well what happens if i get it wrong jail <laughs> uh-huh yep see i instead like to go into like full nerd mode and right now i have like several spreadsheets of like expense tracking and like the full pnl statement that i've made and uh we have like taxes and the co- like the codes for the forms and the forms when they're due and like how to get i nerded out and did that all in <laughs> my spare time so (laughs) do you ever get overwhelmed do i ever get yeah yeah you sound like like you just handle things well i'm human everybody gets overwhelmed (laughs) i sometimes and this and you know scott giles and renee will say this and adam will all say this is um the face of overwhelmed for myself and john for that instance is just a straight face or in my case sometimes it's a smile because in my brain it might be on fire, but outside we're we're good. Customer service. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's a good question, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you ever see Emma with a neutral face and registration, be be nice to her. Bring her an energy drink. Oh, the Model Three Challenge guys are on the top of my list right now. They brought me a chai from Starbucks with coconut milk. I'm saying this specifically. If anybody is listening, you want to get on my good side. <laughs> chai with coconut milk. That's how to do it. They're so sweet at Willow Springs in the middle of nowhere. That track is the wild west of tracks. It was wild, wild experience. Um, they brought me a chai two days in a row. And I was, that was great. It was so great. Made my whole weekend. Well, I hope you get flooded with chais <laughs> now. <laughs> Just have more more than you know what to do with. Uh, that would be great. Well, Emma, we know that you, you're you in demand, uh, so we have to let you go here. Um, but where can people <laughs> learn more about you, kind of follow your exploits and um, all that? Well... I'm, I'm trying to get better at social media. I am admittedly one of the worst people about sharing things. <laughs> I try to stay off of social media as much as possible, but I'm going to try to update my Instagram at least every event that I go to this year. Okay. So there. Facebook is kind of done for. I really do not do well on Facebook, but if you want me to send you funny reels about cats and like watch... <laughs> at least one photo from an event <laughs> it might be random perfect uh they, that would be that'd be a good place and what's your what's your handle on instagram it's emx and then my last name adams perfect easy enough well yeah. I, uh, we really appreciate your time thanks for uh it's we we've had a, a tough time scheduling things but now things kind of make sense <laughs> So, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Don't don't be sorry. We're super excited for your uh new opportunities that you've got coming up here. So um Thank you. Yeah, hope your flights and um 
exploits over the next few weeks and months go well. That's really exciting. Yeah, thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Of course. We are at Trackwalking Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Trackwalking Chats is the Facebook group where we tend to hang out. Best things you can do for the show is rate us and review us, and subscribe and sharing us with a friend definitely helps as well. Uh, really appreciate you guys, and Emma, again, thanks for your time. Yep, for the thank th- you. For the three of us here, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. I'm Emma. (laughs) Have a good week. We'll talk to you next.